Previously on Old Men Rolling Dice. Cultists just burn down their pickle farm. <laughs> okay? You don't do that to somebody you like. Who intrudes the bl- temple of black earth? Your mom. That sounds fantastic. That, that is like sounds... a double penetration of gaming. <laughs> really, eh? Right away! Do you call that singing? No. Actually, it woos my way. I'm going to call for a deception check on that particular <laughs> statement. <laughs> and uh, second book, Curse of Questedon. Say that again. Curse of Questedon. No. No. No, say it again. Oh my god. This is just like the other word. What is the other word? Try that one again. Remember? Sigil. Poseidon. Poseidon. We talked about getting sidetracked and weird turns. That was was a good one. (laughs) This is Old Man Rolling Dice. Welcome to season two of Old Men Rolling Dice. We're back again. We are we are in the midst of COVID, isolated in our homes and not able to get together. Our live plays have sort of come to an end as we cannot get together. Places you can find Old Men Rolling Dice still thanks to COVID. Our, our Instagram account is huge, thanks to Jason. We have our Twitch channel now, which is Twitch TV backslash DM underscore Jeremy, where we are running our live plays out of. I have a feeling that for season two, we will not be doing many live plays because COVID is such a pain in the butt. So we will be broadcasting our podcast and focusing on our GM chats because we can do that remotely. And hopefully season two will be as successful as season one. Our anniversary was in June, 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 July. Was it June, July? I think it's right at the end of June, right at the end of June. And uh, we had close to 2,000 downloads. Am I right on that? Yeah, we're just shy of 2,000 right now. Which is okay. which is beyond our expectations. Beyond yeah, for our about expectations. 25 episodes is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, so all those people are going to be disappointed now. Yeah, they're going to be disappointed <laughs> now. Now. Uh, oh, I don't think so. This is a good topic <laughs> for right now. The reality so, is people have been locked up in the house for a while. That's right. We've all been burning through Netflix and a bunch of old favorites. And one thing we've all been able to do is take the time to rewatch some of those old movies. The movies that inspired us to be the gamers that we are today. And, and today we're talking about movies it. from specifically the 80s that have inspired our our D&D games and other role-playing games. With me tonight, we have uh, my partner in crime, Jason, and we have Ian, who you can see Ian on our live stream and on our live play. And I think you joined us for one of our talks last year. Yes, one I of believe the he was involved in the talk with author Don Gates. <laughs> That's the one. Ah, uh, Mr. Don Gates. Jason, you want to lead us off with one of yours? Your picks? We've got about five picks. We've got sort of five movies from the 80s that inspired our gaming. And the reality is we're probably going to branch out and touch on a couple other ones related. Sure. I can't see any way this and topic we, And we tried track. to stay away from blockbusters. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. We've got some, there's some good side movies classics here. count. Yes, Don't but there is no, like, like Empire Strikes Back is not on this list. No, there's no big... I'm but really... no, cult classics, I think, when you're talking about the fantasy genre, you're often talking about cult classics, especially from that era. A lot of these movies were never big hits, big smash hits. But, I mean, if you were in the gaming community, you knew all about them. I mean, you, you word of mouth, when, I mean, when Conan came out, if you had ever read a D&D book in your life, you knew about that movie, like, before it even hit the screen. No. Can we just agree, though, before we start going through our picks, that like the fantasy genre is kind of a abused stepchild of the movie genres? Absolutely. Yes, Never true. received recognition. We don't get a lot of good stuff. Lord of the Rings is probably the best fantasy movie that was created. Peter in... Jackson's. Yes. Absolutely. We won't talk about The Hobbit, though, please. Because <laughs> before that, I loved... I'm, sorry, I'm off topic again. Lord of the Rings, the animated movie. The Hobbit. That was never finished. Yeah, that was. Can we? Do you want to sing Bilbo of the Nine Fingers? (laughs) I've sang it before during one of our things. I have a character. I'm working on based on the Ring of Doom. (laughs) Glenn Yarbrough. What a singer! What a singer! (laughs) Was that that Glenn Yarbrough? That was Glenn Yarbrough. Oh, shut up. (laughs) 
100% Glenn Yarbrough. We could do I'm an working on a character version. named Yar Glenborough. <laughs> okay, movies. Am I off topic? Okay, we're going back. We're coming back, people. Stay with us. We're coming back. We're good. <laughs> 1980s fantasy genre films that influenced our gaming. Jason, go. What is your number one? I'm going to go with my big one first. What's first of all, I, I, I tried to pick two things that, while were both influential to me at the time, were two very different ends of the spectrum. One that was considered sort of a large budget with actual named actors and something that was definitely in the B-movie uh, realm of things. And not even at the high end of the B-movie realm, like low beam. Um, my theme tonight, I guess I was gonna, I'm going to call it Hawk. My theme is Hawk. <laughs> it, it, it transitions through both movies. My first movie, obviously, Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, Matthew Broderick, Lady Hawk. Yeah. Loved this movie. Still has a, the, uh, the magic, the sword and sorcery fantasy, but it's a lower magic, right? There's, there's, there's not orcs. There's not dragons <laughs> racing through. It's more of a curse. There's a love story. Rutger Hauer, generally sort of those villainous, sort of hard-edged characters playing a good role for the first time. Not the character that inspired me. Philippe Gaston the Mouse by Matthew Broderick. Unbelievable amount of impact on me as a role player. My first half dozen characters, probably the first half dozen campaigns I played, were always a thief. And it was always the thief who can't get caught, the thief who gets away with it, the thief that has something clever to say. Scaling the wall, climbing down the well, running away from the guards, getting away every time. And that's exactly what he embodied, right? And along with being, you know, sort of that charming sort of Ferris Bueller sort of, uh, quick-witted uh, conversationalist, 100% a massive amount of impact on me as a uh, role player. Probably my original Dungeon Master dreaded the fact that I'd ever seen that movie. I, I played the exact same one-dimensional character every time for, for years. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's like an evil priest or something. Like, Yes. I'm, I'm going to check the IDBM here. IDBM. IMDB. Uh, My apologies. IMDB. Yes, the Bishop John Wood. There we go. But it's like the, that's also I've like the evil priest is a great uh, fantasy. Trope and, they, well. and I think it goes back to to the age you're at, right? At that point in time, you're in your early teens, and there's this rebellion against establishment. It's an obviously not even subtle sort of depiction of establishment oppressing sort of. Mm -hmm. um the society and and the sort of the rebel like you can't hold me down i'm still going to do what i want to do right yeah absolutely had a massive impact on me i don't even know if i realized it until years later when i'd sort of re-seen it and i realized i had remembered and my memory's never been strong i remembered so many of the scenes with philippe um you know escaping from the dungeons or running from the uh, guards and stuff over and more so than any of the other character or story arc which was Obviously, what the movie was primarily about. The five movies that we've kind of picked today, IMDb, this is our second place for stars of the five that we've picked. Lady Hawk comes in at seven out of ten. Which was funny because it wasn't actually a box office success. I think the no, original budget was about $20 million and it only brought in about eighteen. Yeah. I mean, it was considered a failure. I it actually is defined be... as a comedy slash adventure slash drama. Matthew Broderick, once again, the, the comedy element. Yes. Probably poorly cast, probably inappropriate. I, I don't really care what the rating right? says. This this is a great movie from, exactly. from it, sort it of our It doesn't matter past. what ratings say. No, I just think it's it, yeah. it's just interesting to see sort of, because I think this, again, this genre of film sort of takes a bit of a, a kicking from people as far as is it good, is it bad. Even Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings was, although it was well received with fantasy people, there's still lots of people that are like that kind of movie just is not worth. Because I watching think if you look at the '70s, early '80s fantasy movies, they're terrible. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Horrible. They're they're low budget. They're yeah. cheesy. It just wasn't. What, it wasn't what was like, popular. Costume is barely nothing for mm -hmm. both men and women. It's like they're so basic. But after the fact, to watch it later, they're great. They're fun. Mm. They're fun. They're an evening to watch something dumb. 
I think so this, never I think this movie is nostalgic for most for a lot of people that grew up during this time. And it had some great actors in it. So. Had good actors, and it also benefited from the fact that it was low fantasy, right? I mean, you didn't have to go on about the special effects of a dragon yeah. or goblins and orcs. You didn't because a lot of times that's where things really fell short in these yeah. movies. Yeah. Was like the special effects weren't able to keep up. The special yeah, effects no in this suits. Was, no. Yeah, there was a there was a short transition sort of man to wolf, woman to hawk, but I mean, it didn't have to incorporate any sort of real quality special effects in terms of things that could be picked apart or not hold that, up well over that's years. something that we should bring up uh for this movie too is that idea of the curse the star-crossed lovers that can't actually get together because of uh you know one is always an animal when the other one is a person that that's that's a great story piece for any D campaign if you can Absolutely. it doesn't have to be the characters the characters could meet the, these people and then solve the problem for them, which is essentially what Gaston does, right? He he breaks the curse, does he not? I believe he's instrumental in helping him <laughs> get to the end point where exactly, yeah. He plays. He plays. He's he play, a, he's he's, he's, he's full on sidekick, right? Well, he is sidekick, but is he? I don't. Th- I I think the story revolves around him, but I see why you're saying like he's sidekick. He's not the super. He's not the warrior. He's not the I He's think it's right. his movie, though. It's his story. Is it I, I think so, too. I think right. so, too. Okay. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. A so great Lady, pick. Hawk, Lady Hawk is in our five. Ian, do you want to go next, or do you want me to go next? You go for it. We're going to come back to Jason's other one. I, no, I'll, no I'll go for it. Mine for a little later you on. You want me to go? Yeah, no, I, I think you definitely should go. Okay, this, this is my... My pick is Krull from 1983. Oh, <laughs> it, it is it is far like it is received far worse than Lady Hawk. But Kroll Which had is amazing. Some, Kroll, Kroll, what's that? Well, I mean it, it's a decent movie too. I think Kroll's amazing. I think made more money. Uh, here. This is how much Kroll has <laughs> My campaign world is named after this. I I call my campaign world Krollian. It comes right it's a rip it's a rip off right from this movie. Uh I never made that connection. The uh, the glaive, the glaive, which is the sort of the magic weapon of the movie, it's basically a glorified throwing star. It's fantastic, and it and the the idea that you could have these crazy magic weapons. This movie did not make my pick, but sword, the sword and the sorcerer, what? with the three bladed sword and the, and the outside blade shoot off. This is again an example of like a weapon that I'm like this screams I have to have that weapon in Dungeons and Dragons. But doesn't that make Dungeons and Dragons magical weapons? Iconic magical weapons. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, it's in everything. It, and the glaive not... and crawl is like one of those magic weapons. It's yeah. just, it's it's just, just not a throwing sword. star it's with different. blades that you know he can telekinetically guide with his hand and um and it, I mean the the other thing that crawl that crawl did for me was uh the beast this um this now in in Kroll because it kind of has a sci-fi slant to it. Uh, he's this intergalactic traveling monster that uh, that invades worlds and takes them over. But it's a bad guy that comes to take over your world. We we don't really know what his motivation is for taking over the world, short of he's taking over your world. And I mean, I, I can tell you countless campaigns that I've used some kind of bad guy. Trying to take over the world for their own means. Do you find that that has to do with the fact that we're talking about gaming from that era? Like, in there would and the idea of plot or backstory in a 1980s campaign was non-existent. You didn't have to explain why somebody was bad. They were just evil, right? Yeah. There was no, no. He just wants you know. He just wants to destroy everything. He wants to kill everybody. But that's beca- that's it because matter. in the 80s we were uh, like we were teenagers. Absolutely, and these were teenage games of uh, roll of dice, kill monsters, killing yes. monsters, saving the Who world. Needs a story, very little story. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think that yeah, that's why you didn't need that backstory. So, nobody was expecting it. Nobody, nobody even cared. That's no, exactly. Cool. It's true. But even my most my most recent campaign that I ran at uh, the Devil's Bench in Brantford had this sort of evil sorceress hell bent to uh, conquer the world. We touched a little bit on her motivations, 
the big bad guy trying to take over the world is a D&D staple. It, watching Kroll, I mean, there were other things that I saw, but Kroll, and, Kroll specifically, it's like this this horrible creature lands on a planet, drops off his bad guys, and starts uh, running r- roughshod over the world. I, just, I love that. And, you know, the hero's stepping up to save it. To be specific, though, there's some things in Kroll that, like, I have used in multiple games. Uh, the spider web when uh, the 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 widow in the web and this this you want to talk about cheesy lar- like I'm pretty sure it's just a regular sized spider that they've zoomed in on really tight <laughs> but this spider web suspended over a, an, a bottomless chasm essentially and the heroes have to crawl out on the webs to get to something in that center of of the web where where the spider doesn't enter but something's kept there. I've I've used that in more than one campaign. It's, like it's not it's not even remotely hidden. It is quite literally there's something out in the cocooned webs of the center in the center of the web and you have to crawl out to get to it and there's obviously a spider in the web or spiders in the web uh protecting it. So I've ripped that off which and I and Did you you borrowed it artistically? Okay, I borrowed it artistically. <laughs> But there's uh, spiders in all kinds of fantasy. The stuff. swamp in Kroll, uh, the swamp scene when they're when they're moving through the swamps, amazingly creepy. When I was a kid, and then to have the wizard sort of doppel this doppelganger wizard uh, turn on the party while they're in the swamp, and as far as like character motivations from that movie, I mean Ergo the Magnificent. Let me see if I can remember his uh, spiel. It's like. I am Ergo the Magnificent, tall in stature, short in purpose, or tall in stature, short in purpose, n- wide of vision. I don't know. It, it's an amazing line. I've got it copied down in my DM notebooks because <laughs> I've always got an NPC that uses it. I just change the name. It always gets a laugh at the table. He shape changes into tigers and pigs and all kinds of animals. Like he's he's. He's more druid than anything I've seen in any of uh, the movies I've watched. Do so, your players realize you've taken it? Do they or do realize? Them not even. I usually tell them at it. some point because I'm so excited. Not to, just that. You're often gaming at the bench with a lot of younger gamers. There's that's as well. Oh yeah, like they even already. seen it. The group, no. <laughs> like when I say, "Oh, it's, this is all based on a lot of this stuff," I pull from an old movie called Crawl. No, they don't know it. They don't know it. That which is a beautiful thing about it. Well, so the one sad. thing I've never done that I've always <laughs> wanted to do, and Crawl does it kind of interestingly, is that you have it, it is an alien invader. It's not a the beast is not from that world, and his soldiers have sort of this one shot laser weapon, and then it becomes a sword. Uh, so like th- this laser shoots out of the back end of their sword or something, and and then they fight hand to hand. So it, it would be kind of neat to do a campaign where Doesn't the characters are confronted often? by something with higher technology than themselves. I thought it shot multiple shots, and it's it just only, only when they once. got into hand to hand. Because isn't there parts where they're standing in like towers shooting down at them continuously? Yeah. Well, they're taking turns. One steps up and shoots. Yeah, oh, they okay. they have to get in the tower. There, there's a cyclops. There's an NPC cyclops. There's okay. flying horses. I mean, th- this goes on and on. There's so much good stuff in this movie to just take and just drop into your D and D game. Yeah, that's so. That's my pick, Crawl. And I don't think there's any question that Crawl's on a lot of lists. I and mean, I'm not sure if this was his first movie, but it was very early on in his career. You can find a very young Liam Neeson. It might have been one of his first ones. And he's he's one of yeah. the bandits that King Colwyn uh, recruits. He gets crushed in a door. He does get crushed, yes. But Liam Neeson is in it and looks very young. Just for the, for the sake of compar- com- sake of comparison, uh, IMDb put Kroll at 6.1 stars. So a full Ooh. star below Lady Hawk. Sorry, what was Lady Hawk again? Seven. I can beat seven. 7.0. You are going to beat seven. So let's do your... <laughs> Not by much. Little, little let's do your movie bitch. now. Let's do your movie. It's the highest ranked movie on our list as far as uh, as far as far movie ratings are concerned. And it's probably going to be one of the... Uh, I mean, it's got it's full of stars. Yeah. And it's probably maybe most... 
I like to say most people have seen it, but it's hard to say. So mine is Big Trouble in Little China. And why? <laughs> have you seen it? <laughs> I know why I like it. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Any movie with a beholder in it has to be a D&D movie. Come on. This is true. <laughs> this is true. And maybe no. the first the first time sort of a beholder type monster is seen that on the I screen? I know of, yeah. Potentially, yes. But I mean, it... it, it it has everything an adventure movie needs. It has a great story. Has a band of people trying to defeat the big baddies. Has mini bosses. Has the big boss. And has I a. Don't, I don't know what the big orange monster is, but it's another monster in it. Has a big curse too, doesn't it? With um. Yep, big curse. Like big is bad it, guys cursed by the gods. Is it a be, curse or is it um? No, the girl with the green eyes. Is that? She breaks. That's like a prophecy, right? Yeah, it's a prophecy. He marries her and sacrifices, and he becomes flesh again. I mean, um, is he a lich? Do you think? Potentially, he's lived for over two thousand years. Uh, How do you? I mean, judge a lich. (laughs) This this is what I. Really, it's synonymous with an adventure story. Every D and D, everyone meets up at the restaurant, tavern. Yes. Break into the baddies' hideout. I mean, <laughs> you, you couldn't ask for a, a more classic D&D campaign within that. And who doesn't want to be Jack Burton? He's mouthy, not he's as arrogant. Right there. You could even say brave. He's not sick. He's not particularly dumb, but... Jack Burton... Every teenage boy in the yes. 80s wanted to be that one-line, wisecracking... Exactly. Come, comes out with the best one-liners right How at many the D&D games moment. even now? Forget back in the 80s. I can sit you down at any table. They meet the bad guy. The back bad guy monologues, says something to the party, and there's always the one person in the party that just stands up and says, "F you." I'm it's, not. I realize Jack Burton doesn't say that, it's but all you in know, the reflexes. Yeah, it's all in the reflexes. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they just the, the, the he's afraid of. He, he at least appears to be afraid of nothing. I don't know if he's not afraid of it or he just doesn't get it. <laughs> Fair, fair. He just wants his truck back, his missing horse, essentially. Yes. I mean, uh, everything about it to me speaks D&D. It's a character, Jack Burton is a character, is something I would like to do. I fail at it most times, but it's something I would like and think to do. Because it would be neat to be that cocky, sure, go lucky kind of guy. We talked about this a bit before we started rolling. I think everybody's in that situation. I think part of the reason why we play a game like this is because we want to play a certain persona or we see something in life. We're like, you know what? I wouldn't, it would be nice just for one day or for a couple hours tonight, just to be that guy. Cause you know what? There's this, I just want to have that swagger. I just want to, I just want to have that level of confidence. And I definitely think that that appeals to role players and, it, and that, that's for why that it's side. Really but there are people, people who want to be that stoic, uh, serene paladin type character as well not as much maybe not me no me neither <laughs> i can tell you from dming a lot that chaotic neutral is the favorite alignment for everyone to play i don't even look at alignment because people just make them up anyway but they really. cho- but i'm just saying they choose chaotic like neutral because they want they don't want to have any restriction on their choice they think chaotic neutral allows that's them... a whole nother talk oh it's a whole nother topic <laughs> it's a whole nother topic but, it, but it's what it does is it speaks to the fact that people like to play characters who are not beholden to anyone for the choice that they make. Personally, I don't think that's chaotic neutrals the way it, it I'm is. I'm not saying it is either. Well, okay. <laughs> most, I'm just saying. And most people most people play chaotic, choose chaotic neutral, but play neutral good. Yes. Yeah. Because you can't help but being good, because that's really who you are. But they unless want they want everyone to know jerk. that they're still chaotic neutral, <laughs> and they could stab you in the eye if they chose to. If they chose to. Exactly. Exactly. I think another. Th- I, I like what you said about the, the the sort of the the structure the structure of the adventure that Jack Burton goes through. He does in fact fight mini bosses until he finally fights the big, the big bad boss. guy. I always used to love the guy that explodes. Thunder. Thunder. Like he just he gets so yes he gets so angry he sucks in air he sucks in air he sucks in air and then he himself detonates and what a great what a great idea for a bad guy. To just blow up and and take 
the party. Well, with they're him. all the three storms. The one was lightning. He was lightning, rain, thunder. and thund- rain and thunder. I think. Actually, I don't know if the other. I've got yeah, lightning, rain, and thunder. Yeah. Also. So great, many bad guys. This is something we haven't talked about yet, but is part of every movie we've talked about. There is a very attractive leading lady. <laughs> I think, in my own my own preferences, I think Big Trouble in Little China takes it with uh, Kim Cattrall. Because I think that's a movie thing because you can't really have that in a. D&D. I think it's also the genre, though. Like <laughs> you're looking for the gorgeous damsel in distress. Don't, that I, is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. The concept of having a an unattractive damsel—it's not. <laughs> it's, I don't lady. think it's timeless. I don't think it's timeless. I think that the genre is changing, as you know. Now no, it might be timeless because if you go back, I'd love to see a prince in distress, a... like rather than it being the princess all the time. What if it's a prince in distress, just some hunky guy that can't uh, fight his way out of a paper bag? You notice that you mentioned right away he was hunky. Yeah, but right he has to, to be, right? right? He has to be. If you're turning, if you're turning the stereotype on its head, but you're not. You're just changing gender. Yeah, changing the stereotype is you have some creepy, ugly guy you have to go rescue. Oh, yeah. no, I'm See? not for that movie. Oh. That's a full 180. <laughs> oh no, I'm not rescuing like, him. You gotta go but res- why not? You gotta go rescue <laughs> Rob Schneider. That's the name you pull? You like, can do it! Like, the ju- whole universe is in front of you, and you're like, there he is right there, let me pick that out. Oh, yeah, Rob Schneider. <laughs> I just watched a Rob Schneider comedy special, and although the man was hysterical and I laughed all the way through, I don't think he's aged well. You know how we talk Have about we? sidetracks sometimes <laughs> on these things? That is a weird sidetrack. If... If Rob Schneider, I almost feel bad for him. I hope he never hears this. <laughs> oh yeah, he's like Rob Schneider. Oh, yeah, he's going to listen to this. To oh yeah, going to come after. If he does, we have to get Rob Schneider. What, don't you think he'd be happier that I? Okay, I'll say that Rob Schneider is a comedic genius, but hasn't aged well. <laughs> if someone said that of me, I'd be very happy. I got to be honest. With you, I feel like we're we're in a glass house with a whole bag full of rocks here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that we want to travel down this yellow brick road. Okay, so big trouble in little China. Then again, like if you want to refute it, I don't think you can. No, but I that, think that what, is... you know what I like about this is I I don't know that people would immediately think of this movie in the fantasy genre. It is even it, if uh, it is a fantasy genre. Fantasy. It has wizards. It, it fantasy, has magical absolutely. creatures. I don't. I would. I hate the thought of. People thinking D and D, it's just the fantasy, the sword and sorcery. I, mean, I don't know enough about. I don't know about about Spelljammer and all that, and that was all happening in the eighties, right? Yeah. I mean, they were really mashing things up, trying to do sort of. Oh, we need to do an episode on Spelljammer. I don't know anything <laughs> needs to do anything on Spelljammer. Maybe a okay. Spelljammer. I mean, there's shot. there's tons of sci-fi ones that would fit into the D and D. I hope they don't remake it. I don't care what they say. Oh, don't remake yeah. it. Don't I'm not into it. remakes. I don't, no, I don't. but there was already talk The Rock wanted to remake it. It's like, I, I like The Rock. The Rock it, did? No, no. Yes. Okay. You can't remake Because it. Jeremy's pro-Rock. This is a tough spot to put him in. <laughs> He's like, I want to say no, but my heart keeps saying yes. <laughs> Why do you got to go there? Just to, to The Rock. To The Rock. Like, to The Rock. Oh, cheers to The Rock. Ah, there we go. Let's come back to you then, Jason. To your second hawk, <laughs> and I'm this. going to admit, uh, this this is the worst ranked movie on our. <laughs> we went from the best with Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, IMDb ranks this the worst with only five and a half stars out of ten. Five and a half stars is still pretty solid considering the genre. I want to add before I announce <laughs> this. It is. We've talked about it before. We'll wait till you get to it. We'll discuss it again. Can I just read you the description on IMDb for this movie? You please. I'm sure this. I'm sure this is the one that people will not have heard of. Hawk the Slayer. What is Hawk the Slayer? This is the description. It's very short. With the aid of his companions, a man seeks to defeat his evil brother, who has taken a nun hostage. (laughs) That's a horrible description. (laughs) (laughs) 1980s Hawk the Slayer. Well, you know what? You, you led into it. We might, as, we might as well discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this. 
Uh, my second Hawk movie, Hawk the Slayer from 1980. Absolutely not even remotely in terms of, I, I'm sure it was released in theaters because that's what you did back then. I Nowadays, this would have been a direct-to-video release or directly into TV. I think this would have been a what? great drive-in movie back in the day. You know what? I, I remember seeing it at uh, on TV one evening at home. I started playing Dungeons & Dragons. I had never heard of it. I did, however, recognize Jack Pellance. Oh, yeah. Um, he's been in tons of movies, um, usually as a, a villain, primarily in Westerns. He's always All a bad of a sudden, guy. here he is, is um, in a bad Vader helmet ripoff. There's this <laughs> shady Emperor-type character he is. And you haven't seen this, Jay, have you? I have not watched the whole thing. I made sure that I watched some <laughs> clips in that, and Jason showed me some clips of, of it as well. This is Sorry, there's fantastic. a there's a quote here. It's just, I am no messenger, but I will give you a message. The message of death. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, if you have... And I, and okay, this, and this Ian, is a Ian you need to write that down and use that <laughs> for your pirate in uh, oh you want me to say that you need to say that i have no messenger but i have a message for you that's great so great i watched a couple of reviews on this just to refresh because i remembered very little of it i had seen it once when i, I was young it. and obviously oh, never came across it. it again um but i do remember having a massive effect or impact on how i looked at characters now i had started playing dnd i'm going to say around 1980 82 Okay, and I got suckered into a group because they was invited, and obviously I went. I showed up, and the first thing they did was sit me down at the table, put a character sheet in front of me, and explained that I was the half orc cleric. Apparently, not realizing that nobody wanted to be cleric, there was no such thing as somebody wanting to be a cleric in first edition. Made some characters, was inspired by some stuff, had really not read a whole lot at that point in time. Seeing this movie, all of a sudden, you're like. Yeah, Hawk is fantastic. Absolutely, he's got the mind sword. Every time he enters a scene, okay. This, got this bad why is it called the mind thing. sword? Ugh. So there's this magic but gem, the mind stone, the mind stone that he attaches to a sword, like the pommels a fist, okay. and the fist opens and opens and holds the mind sword. Then he can summon the sword whenever he wants to his hand. But it's like a slow motion. Okay. Like it's, it's, it's like on a string. Listen, it's like, listen, <laughs> just take that, take that out of the movie for a moment. And you your D&D just... character finds a sword and quests for a gem that when they combine, he can now summon the blade to his hand whenever he wants. You're thinking you've got the best character ever at that point. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you remove the idea from the structures of this questionably good movie... <laughs> But the problem is, he got it within the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, that that happens never happens start. in D&D. <laughs> well, you know how I mentioned the that. sword and sorcerer previously, <laughs> and the, the three-bladed sword that shoots blades out at people? He uses that in the first five minutes of the movie. And then but I don't D &D, think he uses it again. You wouldn't get that for, for till, tenth level. Doesn't get it again till the very end, I think. Okay, so the interesting <laughs> part about Hawk the Slayer is, what inspired me was not Hawk. What? It is like a Seven Samurai sort of movie, right? In that I think you're being very generous. Him, and he, the first thing <laughs> you have to do is assemble the super party to complete the quest. Yes. You Which is a great D&D &D trope. You find the giant. You find the elf. You find the dwarf. You form this super power group. And then you proceed on with your quest. So the storyline is the assembling of the group and then completing a sort of a very short quest at the end. Yes. Um, what inspired me was, and at the, no point the, in time after seeing that movie, yes, did you not want to play an elven archer? Crow. First of all, Crow. great name. Crow and Dark, Hawk. Brooding. Has Crow and to Hawk. Say. Keeps himself. Keeps himself. If you watch, go online somewhere and find one of the fight scenes. He shoots arrows. They are rapid fire. You don't even see his hand go to his quiver. There is an arrow firing every <laughs> second out of that thing. He takes out an entire front line of an army while other guys are fighting swords hand to hand. One guy. They don't, Crow doesn't need anybody else. He is literally a machine gun. 
Even when he jumps, he hits like ten arrows before he hits the ground. It's also So why motion. didn't it work? Oh. Why didn't it work here? But it worked with Legolas. I don't know. Who said Second it didn't work character. here? Second <laughs> character. Inspired. It didn't work here. Yeah, boy, it worked, my friend. I don't know how you're not seeing it. Um, there Maybe was he inspired Legolas. There was a dwarf named Balden. Seems like maybe a mashup of a bunch of Tolkien names. And it was the it's exact so, opposite. I think Whereas it's a solid dwarf Crow, name. I think it's a solid dwarf name. Whereas Crow was the iconic elven archer. It's like everything you expect from having read Tolkien, play D&D. Oh my God, that's what an elven archer is. Balden was the exact opposite as a dwarven character. Didn't have any armor. Mm-hmm. Didn't have an axe. Didn't have a, a hammer. Didn't have a shield or a big helmet with elk horns on it or something crazy like that. He was more of a halfling rogue character. He was wisecracking. He was, um, he was the, the guy. It was like this sort of comic relief. And I believe his main weapon was an often a whip. I don't know that he actually contributed virtually anything in any of the combat sequences. Nope, I don't think. But so. it was a neat to look at that and see. Just because I'm playing a dwarf doesn't mean I'm sword and board. Doesn't mean I'm just swinging an axe, right? It was this whole sort of other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a tie-in to sort of that whole little baggins but a little rougher, a little cruder, a little more fun to play. So definitely both of those characters had a huge impact on me. 100% this is this is a B movie, and I'm talking B from top to bottom. Okay, and I didn't realize this till just now. Gort the Giant. Have Gort the pictures? Giant yeah. played the Cyclops in Krull also. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh my mind. It's hard to watch in some of the scenes because Gort the Giant looks like he's shorter than Hawk in some of the pictures. He wasn't actually that big of a man, I don't So we have we, we even have a crossover here. He he literally he did Gort the Giant in nineteen eighty and Kroll the Cyclops in nineteen eighty three. Obviously a master. The actor's name was Bernard Breslaw. And the photograph on IMDb is fantastic. It's not very Mr. Breslau. Is it, is it the one with the break? Yes. 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 It's a great. Photo. There's something. Six, there's something. Six, Kramer. Cosmo Kramer about is he that. Six seven. Yeah, he's six seven. Oh wow. Okay. From London. From London. Jack. Jack so Palance what? though is a pretty big name. Can, can we Jack just talk about one other thing about this movie? Because this is my favorite part. Because this is one of the clips you showed me. You showed me. Um, it's sort of like the 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 guy reading over the uh, oh. some sort of action scene. And one of the great things about this movie is that Hawk has a brother. Hawk's brother is the villain. Uh, so it's a brother versus brother story. But <laughs> imagine being the parents of Hawk. And you name your other son Voltan. Well, Voltan's an oh. evil name. I what? know Voltan's an evil name. And Any the, name the clip Jason showed me even guy. draws attention to that. I wonder if Voltan's going to grow up to be, to, be, to be the kid to look after us when we grow old. Oh, yeah, that'll be Voltan. He seems solid. You have Voltan and Hawk. Like, Hawk. Who's going to be the hero? Who's going to be the villain? If your name begins with a V, you're the bad guy. A V, a Z, or an X, you are not friendly. You're the bad guy. Really? Yeah. We we should probably almost do a, a discussion about that tonight. <laughs> Xanathar? He's a, he's a beholder. It starts with an X. And I'll be honest, it wasn't that bad of a movie. It wasn't it was. that bad of a movie? For I am was. shocked to hear you say that. You are so hard on some of the movies we watch. And no, this was great by any This means, movie, was... you're going to say not that bad? In the context of what we're speaking about, and to watch it to have an interesting time with the cheesiness of it, he's okay. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. I think there's some holes in the plot. I definitely oh. think the acting is strained. <laughs> there's oh, there's, there's a, holes a, in the a, plot. A casting scene that I believe involves glue in the dark rubber balls. But <laughs> yes, I'm saying <laughs> in terms of character inspiration no no no, no. Take show, me back here and i why do you sat know there my parents got a book and made an elven archer afterwards i probably even called him crow i probably but went that i far want to like, know I, I know what scene he's talking about i saw it it's like those are super those are super bouncy balls that are just glow in the dark because the way they shoot into the room they're just bouncing well, all over it's you awesome. see them ricochet it's all awesome. over the room <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Obviously, and I then need they start to see exploding. This scene. <laughs> oh my goodness! 
Oh my goodness. And oh, he wears the, okay. the Vader helmet because he has a disfigured face that's like, oh, it's so painful. Then you see it. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> like I'm going to be honest, so honest. Jack Jack Palance is not a very attractive man and should be wearing a face covering anyways. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Another one? COVID, dead. <laughs> COVID is a good time for him. Is he dead? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Oh. So you know. Oh God! Uh, yes, he yes. passed away in 2006. I'm sorry. One, eh? I'm sorry, Mr. Palance. I take that back. I take that back. He was curly. I mean, I don't know how we're passing up on this. He was a. I mean, he was a tough-looking man. It, it looked shame. like you could light like a, a match off his face. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, a, never like mind. Man. Okay. Can we move on to the last pick for our 80s? I think it's time to move on from this one for sure. Okay. Uh, Dragon Slayer is my last pick. The movie Dragon Slayer. Uh, it, it has maybe the... I'll be honest. I watched it not too long ago. I still think the dragon holds up relatively well. I mean, he's no, sm he's no smog or smog, however you want to pronounce it. He's no smog, but... When you really look at the other dragons that are out there in movies, I think this is not bad when you start to consider all the times. But what I really took away from this movie into my D&D games was the fact that, uh, first of all, the dragon's lair itself with the with the big uh, pool of water and it swims underneath and comes out of the water. Uh, I've used that many times with Dragon Encounter. If anyone has run Forge of Fury... The very last encounter in the module Forge of Fury has a black dragon that's submerged underwater. You could watch this movie and draw all kinds of, you know, uh, inspiration from it. Uh, the other is that the dragon slayer himself, whose name is a Galen, Galen gathers dragon scales to build himself a shield. Uh, he doesn't, he, I don't think his intention is to do that. I think the his uh his love interest in the movie builds him a shield out of dragon scales but anyways the dragon breathes on him and he actually can like hunker down behind that shield and take no damage i mean it, there's something iconic about a warrior battling a dragon holding up a shield and fire uh sort of hitting the shield and bursting all around him uh, it, it's on the front cover of numerous role-playing game uh books and supplements it's iconic exactly the the and i love the fact that we actually got to see that here. And the idea that dragon scales can be a source of power other than just, you know, other than just being hard and scaly and, and be, being able to make uh, armor out of them or something. that You can make, you know, fire-resistant armor out of red dragon scales. I mean, the dragon even flies up in the sky, fights a wizard. There's lots of lightning bolts. Everything that you want out of a dragon-wizard fight is there. The, the idea that there's this little town plagued by this dragon. The idea of a lottery system. They they do they have a lottery system to see which woman in town will be taken and which virgin in town will be taken and sacrificed to and the dragon. That shows up in a lot of movies these days, too. Mm -hmm. I've actually used the whole idea of that lottery from that movie. Uh, I had a, a village that would take the names of all the children, put it in a cauldron and draw it out, and then that child would be taken off into the swamp and left for a hag. That I would think come. I played in that game. I think I've used that twice. Okay. Yeah. And you may see it again in our Salt Marsh <laughs> campaign. It may it may be coming back. So Dragon Slayer, I mean, just the idea of fighting with dragon. And the other thing I love about this movie is that the, the main weapon that he uses, it's not a sword, it's a spear. We were just talking about that. Like so many movies from the genre are based on the iconic sword, right? The, the, the magic sword. And then all of a sudden you've got this amazing sort of spear thing that yeah. enters. And, and one coupled with the shield, <clears throat> just a really nice change of pace. looks fantastic. And I know we talked earlier about the fact that you see that resurgence. There's that whole feel of the dragon lands. The right? dragon from lands, the, uh, exactly. Right? From the, uh, the, the book series. Which it comes out, I'm sh I'm sure it comes out after this movie. Oh no, it's definitely after. That that would be that would be something to. So, uh, anyways, Dra Dragon Dragon's Slayer was uh, was a movie that even I mean the boy is a the, 
the boy starts out as a like a wizard's apprentice. Galen is a wizard's apprentice. He's not even a knight or anything. And then he sort Doing of that, like levitation thing in that opening scene, right? With yeah, the egg and, yeah stuff. and there's and well, and there's like all sorts of sort of uh, prestidigitation and thaumaturgical type magics that just trigger little effects throughout the movie. I mean, the the, the winner for me in this movie is the dragon and the dragon fight. You know, I could I watch that and I want to play D and D and I want to fight a dragon. I mean, think of it, Dunge- Dungeons and Dragons. How often do you actually get the chance to fight the dragon? I don't like. It's hard to put a monster like that into a campaign, like sort of a one shot campaign. They're so powerful; it can be tricky. Which is funny because I mean, it's such a massive part of the game, right? The, the yeah. whole concept of the dragon, yeah. And it appears in so many of the fantasy um, books, and there's so many and varieties of them. Well, there's so many oh. different types. Like, dr- dragons are so differently described in so many different places. Like, sometimes, like in this movie, the dragon is just a mindless beast. It's a beast with the ability to fly, the ability to breathe fire. Uh, the baby dragons are fantastic in this movie, by the way. They take a round out of people and they, you know, they get, uh, there's fight scenes uh, involving them. Also, since we've talked about, like, we talked about in my first one in Crawl, Liam Neeson, Neeson is sort of like a hidden a hidden uh, jewel in that. In this one, Ian McDermott, the emperor himself, is in it. Did not know that either. He plays the priest towards the end of the movie. I don't. Again, I don't know if this is one of his first movies. And I only <laughs> noticed him on the rewatch uh, when when we were talking about doing this episode. I'm like, I'm going to rewatch some of these. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure that's the Emperor. And sure enough. Do you find it unusual that considering the impact of movies, the genre we're in, that there hasn't actually been a really great line of specifically Dungeons & Dragons movies? I know there has been a line of movies, but they've been incredibly lackluster. And with people scooping up fantasy franchises and trying to build these movie um, you know, trilogies and whatnot off of it, how come nobody's actually zoomed in on that and done a super high budget, really well done story there? It, there's so many great beyond, novels and storylines that exist already. Lord of the Rings is great, but no, I mean, like beyond not, that, like yeah, there's got to be. A reason Do you mean like a Dungeons and Dragons branded movie? Absolutely, because there has been several, and they were and terrible. They and they've all <laughs> been absolutely horrible. But I mean, it seems like. Proof is right for the picking. Like it's right there. I can't believe. Do you not that find though the Dungeons and Dragons movies they they seemed less aimed at Dungeons and Dragons players, and aimed at sort of trying to introduce people to what they thought Dungeons and Dragons was. Like, but they the one on movie that part. The, it, the one movie it's all about gaining control of all these dragons. Yes, the scepter scepters. There's a gold dragon scepter, the red dragon scepter. Yeah, and it's just like they could have reined that in. You could, like. Just give us a story of a hero. The hero's story is always great. So give us a story of a hero. There has to be a band of adventurers. The hero can't be alone. So he or she has to gather friends and allies. This this is starting to sound like like Hawk the Slayer. I just want to stay there before we go any further. (laughs) They have to gather friends and allies. And then they have to go defeat the bad guy. Like, there's Hawk the Slayer right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's already been done, and I'm not sure I want to see it remade. I'm going to be honest with you. Hawk the Slayer reboot. There you go. Jason, Hawk the Slayer 2. Pitch it. I believe there was a sequel planned. It never happened. Hawk the oh, Hunter. That, that's yeah. too bad. <laughs> I, I, do think, I do think that there's some great Dungeons & Dragons properties out there. One, Ravenloft. Raven, but to your point, but maybe why, why that maybe no Ravenloft rips off maybe Ravenloft yeah. rips off Dracula too much. But so what? There's been tons of stuff that rips off. A Ravenloft movie would be great. Uh, I think a Dragonlance movie. Dragonlance is sort of just this gold mine. But the problem, it's a gold mine to us. Maybe to the general public, they have no, they okay. don't know anything about it. Dritz, true. There's so many books about Dritz Jordan. There's true. There's, everybody who's ever played this game wants to see Dritz. I mean, he's one of the most iconic characters created in the genre. Period. There, there's had to be discussions of making that movie, and it's just not gone anywhere. The Crystal Shard. What's the trilogy? Crystal Shard, Halfling's Gem, and... You missed Dreams of Silver, I think, is in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. 
the, char- the, we char- do the characters it, in that. We could back this, and I will 100% be in as long as it's called Dritz the Slayer. <laughs> oh my god! He's gonna have the mind stored. But Dritz. I mean, other than that, you know, Dritz the Slayer, hey, Dritz the Slayer, with the mind sword, with the mind sword. Dritz has his own swords and the glaive. Yeah. Oh man. How do I just make a movie where everyone gets every iconic weapon? Well, hey, we're we're uh, back for season two. We're gonna try to tidy up our release schedule a little bit for our second season. We're hopefully going to build on things that we felt we did right in season one. If they're you know, we we had no intention of calling them seasons when we started this podcast, but right now it feels like COVID has given us this break where we couldn't do anything. We're just getting our act together now, uh, shortly after our first anniversary and getting uh, these recorded. So this will be this will be our our debut season two, episode one, Old Men Rolling Dice. If you've if you've listened to us in the past and you're you're joining us again, thank you so much. And if you're new, then hopefully we won't offend you and you might stick around and listen to some more. Hopefully. I'm sure we'll have well, more interesting talks. Oh no, I think we've already been batting around some conversations, and I'm actually really happy with some of the conversations we've talked about. Well, thanks for having I me. I think it oh, it's nice to talk about some things that are a little more lighthearted. I mean oh. I think it's easy these days to get caught up in conversations that are they're serious and they're heavy. And there's something about just sort of having a beer, having a chuckle, kicking back and relaxing, and talking about something that sort of is lighthearted during these times. Kind of relatable to everyone, no matter if they play D&D or not. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And maybe exactly. this will get people to play. They didn't like, oh, I didn't realize that movie was like D&D. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you'll, you'll grab more players. Does that, with the current lockdown schedule, maybe you've got some time to watch a couple of extra movies and we've inspired you to kind of look up a few that you've forgotten about. Or quite possibly never heard of in the first place. <laughs> so you can Our- find you can find us on Instagram at Old Men Rolling Dice on Instagram. You can find us on Podbean or iTunes under podcast Old Men Rolling Dice. And you can now find us every Sunday uh, playing on Twitch at Twitch TV DM underscore Jeremy. And thank you, Ian, for joining us. Thank you uh, for having me. Jason, as always, thank you. And uh, we have some great shows coming up uh, that I think everyone's going to really enjoy. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to talking to the people in them. Anything else to say before we say goodnight, Dick? Well, yeah, I was going to bring this up. Generally, we sign off with goodnight, Dick. Uh, since you've gotten to say goodnight to Dick on several occasions, as have I, I believe it's only appropriate that Ian, who is not as often here with us, is allowed the opportunity to say goodnight, Dick. Take us away, Ian. Dick. I cut you off. Oh, I'm such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Dick. Good night, Dick.